Cultivate Simple, episode 50, Simple Holidays, the big five-oh. I'd rather be a farmer, I'd rather work the land, I'd rather see the mountainsides, I'd rather see your I'd rather swim the ocean I'd rather not pretend I'd rather do Welcome to Cultivate Simple, an honest and unrehearsed discussion about trying to live a more simple life. This is episode 50, and today we are talking about simple holidays. Episode 50. That's a big number. That's a big number. It was it was neat when we do it for, you know, when, when we celebrated last week, or was that last week? Yeah, that we'd been doing mm-hmm. it for a year, the podcast for a year, but now 50, that's a, that's a, that's a nice round number. Half of a hundred. Half of a hundred. Half of... It's like a half century. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> There's it's, no milestone for that. No, 50, I mean, it's... It's just because it's halfway to 100, I think, is the reason it's such a good number. But 50 is one of those years, like, when you hear that people have been married for 50 years, you're kind of like, wow, they're obviously going to stay together. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) At least one would hope. (laughs) They don't have much choice anymore. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't know. My grandpa grandpa and, um, and grandma had been married, I think. A long time. I can't remember how many years. Mm-hmm. Um, when my grandma died, he got remarried mm-hmm. rather quickly. So you never know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we used to when well, we. Let's hope you know. It's not like finding someone new in forty-nine years or whatever. But right. Um, back when we used to film weddings, it was always interesting. The um, garter and bouquet toss, which <laughs> you know we find to be a little bit whatever, um, were being replaced by the anniversary dance, which I always thought was kind of interesting to see. And if you've never witnessed an anniversary dance, how it runs is that the, you know, everybody get out on the dance floor, and then the DJ it's announces. Like a wedding DJ voice. Yeah, thanks. That could have been a wedding DJ. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, let's celebrate at the bride and groom tonight. Come on out in the dance floor. Oh, jeez. That's how that's how the thick, yeah. cheap ones yeah. talk. Yeah. Um, we knew some really good ones that weren't like that. But anyway, back to the anniversary no dance. If you're a wedding DJ, by the way, a, a bad wedding DJ. Um, <laughs> there is a fence if you are a bad yes. wedding DJ. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately, they seem to be the majority. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, so the wedding DJ gets everyone out on the floor and then says, "Have you been married less than three hours?" Have a seat, you know, and so, of course, everybody laughs at the bride and groom every time you see this happen. Um, and then... Although there are those DJs that keep the bride and groom dancing out there. That's true. The whole time. Uh, and then they common. say, five years, have a seat, and then they say, ten years, have a seat, and, uh, and they work their way up until, of course, they find the couple that's been married the longest. And it was always neat to see, you know, how long some couples had been mm-hmm. married there was one wedding i can't remember exactly but i know it was over 65 years that yeah. they had been married and they were this cute little 
old couple, you know, just and they were barely swaying back and forth, but had the biggest smiles on their faces and just. (laughs) I think they were the bride's grandparents. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that was that was that was always fun. I always enjoyed that section of weddings. Just made you smile. Yeah. Because you get these, you know, people that are so proud about sticking it out. Yep. (laughs) Um. Where are we going with that? I have no idea. Bad wedding DJs? Anniversaries? Yeah, 50. 50 oh, 50. Years. It's been 50 episodes. <laughs> that was a rabbit hole to start the show <laughs> off right there. Yeah, filming weddings. Yeah. I'm, I'm editing one of our last weddings right now, so I, I just have to do a little bit of color correction on it, and then it's done. And then I have one more left. One more. Which they still have to send still me. a couple from like seven years ago that never got us in No. Not that Music. one. No. Well, okay. I have, like, hey, I, we'd like I have our two video. more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that couple. Yeah, we have one couple that yeah from I think about seven, seven yeah. or eight years ago. Yeah. It was one of contacted you. Yeah, they did contact me, but when I emailed them back and said, "Hey, yeah, I need your, I need your songs. Send me your songs," and nothing. Nothing. So. I still, I actually captured their footage because I was, I found all of the tapes and so mm-hmm. I captured the footage onto the computer. So I have it. Yeah. It's just, a, it's, it'd be really weird to go back and edit footage from that oh, yeah, long ago, really... but, but yeah, so. Maybe you should just do it to. Just to get it done. Instrumental music. And just get it done yeah. in case they, and then just keep five copies of it laying around until they ever contact, say, yep, it's in the mail. <laughs> uh, well. That was interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Craziness. Um, so speaking of 50, uh, we would like to, right, right before we started the show tonight, I got an email that uh, Colleen uh, Richardson had donated $50 to us. So Yay. thank you, Colleen. Colleen's, she's a, a regular commenter. She timed it because she knew we'd be recording. I don't know. Because we do typically record on Sunday nights. Yeah. So maybe... She was like, oh, I make sure they mention me. I better yeah. donate or maybe they won't do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. Um, I need it for my drive to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of uh, funny because she actually uh, left a comment on last week's show, which we're going to share about when we share the books of the week. Um, but just wanted to thank her. And if she does send us a, an email or something that she wants read, I then we can read it next week. Later yeah, today. I checked the... I checked the show email, mm-hmm. which is show at cultivatesimple.com if anybody wants to get in contact with the the show. Or you can use the contact form on chiotron.com. Yeah. That also... But I don't always check my email on the weekends. In fact, right. I actively try not to. Just, you know, set some boundaries, so... It's actually a pretty good tip. Yeah. It seems like with with all the technology fighting for our attention... Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to, you know, it's just like Facebook. Yeah. Facebook's one of those things that, unfortunately, for whatever reason, it has that addictive quality to it. Yeah, it And does. so... Email used to be that way, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's just that whole, it's just something to do to feel like you're doing something while you don't want to be doing something else yeah. to make, you still, make yourself still feel productive. I mean, it's the very reason I don't put email on my laptop because then I don't have to be, I'm not tempted to check my email when I'm sitting out in the living room working on something. Because I typically, I use my laptop for internet mostly and um, uh, 
surfing the surfing the internet we reading articles that kind of stuff i use it for my work social media work that kind of thing generally i do it all from my laptop and i do writing of articles and stuff on my laptop and i don't put my email on there on purpose because i don't want to be checking my email every time i see that it's popping up so i've gotten into a pretty good habit of just checking my email once or twice a day not checking it all the time usually in the morning i go in sometimes actually recently i've been going in in the mornings looking through everything, throwing everything away, responding to what I need to respond to, and then I don't check it the rest of the day because I figure there's really, it's rare that there's something pressing An emergency needs done. Yeah. And anyone that I work with that knows that, knows that they, if they send me a message through Facebook, that's the best way to let me know that they need something right away. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever I'm working on a project or editing or uh, developing a website, usually I have to shut because i'm i'm a procrastinator and Mm -hmm. part of procrastination is easily distracted Mm -hmm. or purposely distracted i guess (laughs) since that's procrastination Uh, that's a good definition of procrastination purpose purposeful distraction or purposely distracting oneself purposefully distract distracting yourself yeah um so usually i'll either shut it down and then just you know, I'll I'll close uh, the browser window that I have open, which is usually about 50 of them. Um, or, uh, you know, and then I'll just tell myself I'm not going to open that up. Or I've talked about Pomodoro's in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started actually doing that for web development, uh, especially on projects. I've had a couple of projects recently where, and if Greg's listening, he'll chuckle at this, where it's just sort of beating my head against the screen. Um, and after a while, I just... Uh, just don't want to look at that code anymore. So I have to set a timer and say, I'm going to work solid for the next 25 minutes. And then I take a 10 minute break and then the timer chimes again and I work solid for another 25 minutes. And it's a good way to, to force yourself because then when that little itch in the back of your head says, Hey, 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 I, b- I bet somebody <laughs> posted a funny picture of their cat on Facebook. Then you don't, you're not tempted to, to yeah. sw- just switch over and, you know, and my, my fingers, I mean, I don't even have to think about, I can open up a new tab and just type FAC and then it automatically pops up in, in Chrome and hit enter. it would pop up. Yeah, I bet it would. So. Mine doesn't safari. But that's a good tip about saving time is to only do stuff like that once a day or, Mm -hmm. and it's especially hard too when you're, like you said, not having the email on your laptop. Mm -hmm. Um. When I'm sitting at my computer, I have my laptop sitting beside me and, you know, and it does chime whenever an email comes in. I thought about putting Facebook on my desktop so that I'm not doing it on my laptop. But I do, I mean, I, I do use it for work, so I... What do you mean Check putting it. Facebook on your desktop? Like just not using Facebook oh, on my laptop, using, okay. just using just it. making a rule. Making it like a desktop thing because then yeah. I have to actually come in, sit down at my desk, wake up my computer, and I'm much less likely to do that. Um... But then it's kind of a pain because I do check the pages that I manage. I try to check them twice a day at least to make sure there's nothing spammy on there, you mm-hmm. know. So well, maybe you know. should only do that on your laptop then. I know that would be hard to differentiate. Facebook, oh, Facebook yeah. for for work. Yeah, and I try to do the Facebook for work. I try to just do that in the morning when I get up. Usually, I get up and while Brian's making coffee, I'm checking all my pages that I manage and make sure nobody posted anything overnight because it seems that spammers like to post things at night, you know, because they know right. it's going to be up there for a while. Then, 
So usually if I check it first thing in the morning, I can get rid of any of it that's on there that I notice. Um, and then it's just a good time to get stuff scheduled for the things, those pages and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just a good, I find it, it's something that I can do when I don't have to be fully awake necessarily. <laughs> so that's why I like to do it then because then I get it out of the way and move, I can move on to other things that require a little bit more cognitive coherence <laughs> after i've had my coffee and kind of woken up a little bit but you know it's just one of those things yep so that brings us to i don't know what that there's no transition there's no, no. actual segue here it's just uh what's for dinner <laughs> so what is for dinner what was for dinner what was tonight for dinner? we had a roasted chicken uh one of our own chickens mm-hmm. chiot's run chicken um then I sprinkled the salt, pepper, and smoked paprika. And then I roasted it in a bed of sweet onions that I grew in the garden. Alsa Craig onions, which are really great onions if you like sweet onions. They get, I bought seeds and started them from seeds. And they get really big. Uh, they don't store really well, so you have to pretty much use them up straight away after you harvest them. I mean, I harvested mine t- a month, two months ago, and they're still doing pretty well. But I kind of like growing some sweet onions because they don't store well. Then you're forced to use up tons of onions, which I love to use onions anyway. And I grow a ton and I use a ton in cooking. But I always find myself kind of holding back and not using as many onions because I don't want to use up all the ones that I grew, which is really <laughs> funny and kind of stupid. But it's just one of those weird mindset things. Mm-hmm. So I, I, this is my first year of growing sweet onions. And I am kind of like it because I have to use up these onions. So there's not that... Well, I'm going to buy a few onions at the farmer's market because I don't want to use up my own, you know, kind of weird <laughs> weirdness. Um, so it's kind of nice. So I I have, I don't know, I probably have 10 or 12 of the big sweet onions left. I think I'm going to make some uh, French onion soup. But anyways, so yeah, a big bed, the roasted chicken on a big bed of, I think I cut up three really big sweet onions. And then I put in... Uh, some white wine, a little bit of cider, a pinch of cloves, and some carrots. And then I went out and picked a couple of beets and just cut the cut the leaves off and threw them in there to kind of steam and cook. And then peeled those, sliced them up, put some butter and salt and pepper on those, and then we had the carrots and onions. They kind of got all soft and jammy, you know, at mm-hmm. the bottom of the at the bottom of the roasting pan with the some butter and the chicken juices and stuff. So they were more like a chutney, more so than kind of a vegetable side dish, but delicious. We had chicken. a we kind of had an interesting discussion over um uh, about the beets over, oh, over yeah. dinner because I, I had I said and I don't know I wonder if this is true and that's why I'm bringing it up because I wonder if it's true for other people when people think of beets do they only think of pickled beets because really up until I didn't, cause have we ever eaten beets like that before yeah. have we ever eaten like roasted beets mm-hmm. See, I don't even remember. oh yeah 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 We've but, been but, but it's roasted beets for a long time but never just like a you always kind of made I usually Some mix sort them of with mixed, other vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We didn't usually eat because this was just a beet that was peeled, sliced, and and eaten topped. as a beet. Yeah, yeah. And it's really good. Not, I mean, they're yeah. they're they're very sweet. Yeah. Uh, 
and they don't i and these are i should look up what variety of beet they are since uh we've got some gardeners in the in the room one or two one or two couple um because it seems like whenever we eat pickled beets, you can really taste the earthiness of the beet. Mm-hmm. And with, and I don't know if it's this variety or, or what, but the... I think they're um, the same variety. The earthiness really isn't, or as much earthiness really isn't there, but the sweetness really comes out whenever they're roasted. Well, yeah. If you roast something for a long time, I mean, these beets were cooking in with the... I, I cooked, and I should maybe clarify the way I cooked this chicken in case people were interested, in case the... Cooks in the cooks in the, the cooks sitting next to the gardeners. Yes, um, are interested. I put everything in a big stove, you know, old cast iron Dutch oven, and I usually cook it on the stovetop. My roasts most of the time. That's just an easier way to do it than you don't have to have your oven going. It's better, particularly in the summer, and then you're not heating up your house. As and I much. cooked it on there for probably, I don't know four hours and then i whacked it in the oven i took the lid off and put it in the oven to kind of crisp up the chicken skin and you know get everything really going it kind of bubbles a lot more when you do that so that's what i did we should talk too about uh what's for breakfast because our breakfast <laughs> oh, the yeah, past few days been, have been, been enjoying those have been pretty good in fact i posted a picture of on facebook the other day um we've been having crepes for the last three mornings and um which yeah i should talk a little bit about crepes yeah do you want to do that now or you mean someday no you can talk about the crepes we had this morning and then i'll well the crepes we had this morning were uh gingered apple and pear um on with for the filling on the inside and then of course you know the crepe wrapped around that with uh fresh whipped cream which Susie makes mm-hmm. with some cinnamon sprinkled on top and then some crushed walnuts um yeah so if your mouth's drooling or watering <laughs> like mine is right now uh and i actually it was funny because this you morning about the honeyed whipped cream did you say oh that? honeyed oh i didn't it's know it's sweetened with honey it has oh, a little yeah. bit of vanilla and some uh um honey honey cinnamon cinnamon, and cinnamon in yeah. it as well it was really good um this morning was funny though because we had more filling yesterday we each had th- or i had three small ones and then you had two small ones that was three days ago those were the blueberry oh ones. yesterday wasn't no you only had you had two and oh I had it was one. two and one okay but then this morning see i'm really this story's great i just <laughs> no idea what's going on huh what huh chicken um but yesterday, the two that I had and the one that you had were sort of small, mm-hmm. um, especially compared to today, because you only had a little bit of filling. If you would have done the small ones, there would have been only a little bit of filling. So they made, I'm just going to edit this out. This is terrible. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about again? I don't know. What? I don't know. What are you talking what about? What were you trying to explain about crepes. the crepes? Yeah. What about them? Just that the ones today were huge. Oh. To the point where I ate one and then I was full and so I ate the second yeah. one with afternoon well, coffee. We were at that point where we had enough filling for big crepes today or ones for anemic crepes. So <laughs> very small crepes. Big, tomorrow. right? I didn't have any more crepes, so what yeah. am I gonna do with the extra filling? But Yeah, that's what it was. So there you go. Yeah, you know. 
So I'm still trying to figure out what kind of beets they are. I could probably, <laughs> <laughs> I could probably go over and look at my seed packets, but um, I got them from Johnny's Selected Seeds. I just need to, you know, it's this. It's the internet. Spur of the moment kind of thing. Well, well I was looking at the long we- wrong website because I thought originally I'd got them from high mowing, but then I remembered mm. that these are actually a kind of beet that are supposed to do really well in the fall. Um, well, they seem to be because you... They're doing really well. I have a huge... I actually have the longest row of beets ever. We could eat beets every day and probably eat beets all winter long. <laughs> Luckily, the pigs like them and Lucy absolutely loves beets. So I'll be feeding Lucy a lot of beets probably. I don't know why she likes them so much, but she gets super excited when I cook beets, which is really... She gets the skins yeah. and she thinks they're great, which is just really funny. And then our new dog, Tara, is really picky about what vegetables she'll eat. Maybe she'll eat beets. I was going to say, you haven't tried to feed her beets yet. She won't eat zucchini. Lucy loves zucchini. Mm. Lucy eats anything, though. Carrots, she's kind of iffy on. Yeah, she sometimes eats the carrots if I um, mash them up well enough. Tara, These are red ace beets. Red ace. Yeah. From Johnny's. From Johnny's Selected Seeds, yes. So let me look them up and see what they say about them. This is good radio this right here. This is why I never get anything done because I read something <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, let me look that up. Ooh, let me see what that what the description about that beet is. <laughs> and that's why I end up with 15 different kinds of beet packets of seeds to grow. Yeah, sweet and tender, even when older. Medium tall, red veined beets. Beet gr- and the, the greens are really nice. And the chickens absolutely love them. Yeah, they're, they've done really well for me. Uh, sometimes beets... Don't germinate so well. I had a little bit of trouble with germination in the, another variety that I tried to plant this spring. Uh, but these did great. I'm good. Red Ace Beets. Highly recommended. I think they're great. They are. They taste well. And they I taste, didn't even thin good. them. No. When I planted them, they were growing fairly close. And some of them were ginormous. I suppose if you thinned them evenly, they'd, they'd probably size up evenly. But I kind of like not to because then you have... Mini beets if you want them, or ginormous beets, which mm-hmm. there are some out there that are almost as big as a softball, which is kind of amazing. And then the you took the greens up to the ducks and the, yeah. and the chickens. The ducks love beet greens. In fact, in my little back potager, when we took the fence down, they ran in there and ate all the beet greens off of the beets that were in the ground. So then I had to harvest all the beets while they were, when they were still small, and I pickled those. But So I just... Cut the top off of those, went out and held them out, and then the ducks ate all the greens off of the stalks and loved it. Yep. Speaking but we of ate them too. Yeah. I just didn't want to eat them for supper with the beets. Speaking of ducks and fowl of other sorts. Oh yeah. That, that brings all happened us this week, didn't it? No. It, we talked a last little week. bit about it last week, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I don't know if everything was fully hatched out last week, but we kind of brings us to around the run a little bit, which we're going to tie in our fail of the week, or it wasn't really our fail, mm-hmm. um, but no. Mama Duck ended up hatching out 13 yes. ducklings, and the guinea ended up hatching four keats, and then she walked off the nest, and Mama Duck only had one egg left, that didn't hatch. Yeah. And then the... And I cracked it open and there was a duckling developed in it. It just must have stopped earlier than the other ones or yeah. something. I mean, who knows what happened, but... and that, But that's still a good rate because that's it's really only one egg that didn't hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as the, the guinea 
was concerned, uh, how many eggs did she leave? There were... She left 14, no. Yeah, something like 14 eggs. Yeah, Which 14 eggs will sit on a nest. pile of eggs, like 30, 40 eggs. I'd been taking the eggs um, because I didn't want her to sit on 40 eggs. I didn't right. want to end up with... I was hoping she would just hatch out, you know, 10 or whatever. I didn't want a whole big bunch of, bunch of keats. So the update on that then is that the ducklings are doing really well. Mama Duck is a good, she's a good mama. She, she takes care of the young ones. Sometimes goes on adventurous trips. We've, we found oh, geez, her yeah. down at the, uh, our driveway is kind of hard to describe, but we found her down probably 150 yards down the driveway uh, with, with the ducklings yeah, and it's downhill I mean, and in the trees. And, and they're tiny. And they, oh, they're, she had them out there two days after they were born. She yeah. had them down. Just I mean, working them. Yeah, that's a that's a mileage that's mileage in little ducky legs. <laughs> I tell you what, and then it's uphill the whole way back. Yeah, and she had him down there today. She took him all the way down there because I went down and kind of hurt her back, and then she went down again. So twice they went all the way down there and back up, and then that last Saturday, or no, this past Friday they went down there and back up two or three times because you yeah. herded them back up a couple times. We were afraid the FedEx guy would run over all of them because he comes hauling up our driveway. <laughs> yeah, I I had a feeling he was going to come around the corner and just plow over. I mean, because they're so small, you wouldn't even see them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we've got thirteen ducklings, which are the cutest things ever, and we're pretty really much are. convinced at this point that ducks are our favorite type of yeah uh, fowl. Except for when they sneak into the garden. Speaking of which, I need to go out and put my fence up. But that was my fault for not put, closing yeah. the fence door to the garden. Yep. They snuck in and ate all my lettuce today, this morning. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, there's no point in putting the fence up if you don't close the gate. I know. I just forgot. I was that sounds like an old-timey saying. I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new, new old-timey saying, if, if that's never been said before. There's no point putting the fence up if you don't close the gate. Um. But, in contrast, uh, Mama Guinea is not so Childless. good. <laughs> we The last time she hatched out Keats, or the Guineas hatched out Keats, because it was kind of a team effort last time. She, mm-hmm. she sort of went solo on it this time. But the last time uh, we hatched out Keats, there were nine of them, correct? No, 15. Or- uh, they hatched nine and then they kind of abandoned the nest so i picked up all the eggs and threw them in the brooder underneath a heat lamp with a wash rag over them and then mm-hmm. six more hatched and so over the coming and how many days, do we have now 10 Be- because we lost a few yes a couple just disappeared we yeah. have them outside in a fenced in area and they would hop the fence you know and go running around and then i'd go out and herd them back to the fenced in area and a couple of them just wandered off yeah so we don't know we lost three that way and then i two that way and then two of them just kicked the bucket you go and up the next day and one's just dead and then we had one that had a broken leg so it was gimpy guinea and it did all right until we let him out of the we had him up in the attached run to our coop and then we had the pop door closed so then the guineas were the keats were outside while they were still young and it's completely enclosed so it kept them in but then it kept them because we had them in a fenced in area and they just kept hopping the fence and running into the woods and then they'd come back with a couple fewer than they went with so right. we put them in the enclosed run to keep them in there and then once they were a little bit bigger we let them out and then of course as expected 
the one with the broken leg just I he just know. couldn't get around quick enough yeah he could I'm, fly but he just couldn't right i'm assuming it got nabbed by a fox or yeah. like one of our cats or something like that i don't know it just disappeared so that was the last batch of keats yeah. um and we had pretty much raised them yeah. in a, a brooding area that we had on the back right. porch until they were old which enough to put out in the pen. Personally, which is a huge I don't like yeah, animals. huge pen. I think it's just a big pain. So we decided to kind of do an experiment this time in a way and see if Mama Guinea because the one guinea went solo as far as sitting on the nest this time. Mm-hmm. So we thought, okay, you know, she's gonna be really attached to these things and gonna take and care of them. She actually did pretty well. Um Two of them, so she ended up hatching four, like mm-hmm. I said, um, and then we we just kind of let her go, and they they did well for a couple days, and then she took them into the enclosed run that we have off the coop, which the previous owner put chicken wire all around the outside of it. Multiple layers. Multiple layers so of chicken wire. In some wire. places, there are probably... Ten layers of chicken wire. Well, I don't know about ten. Yeah, in that back corner, there okay. are probably ten. Um, and so, why don't you recount the the demise of? And so, a couple of them, I went up there, and they had gotten somehow under and caught in between a couple of the layers of chicken wire. So. But you know, I mean, a mama guinea is a mean bird. I mean, way meaner than the duck. Oh yeah. There is no touching these keats with a mama guinea around. Them. No, not even. I mean, you walk six feet away and she's already flying at you. Um, but she went in the chicken coop, so I closed the pop door real quick and I managed to get them out. But at that point, they were all really cold and lethargic. Um, but I got him out and I let her out and she went over, you know, and kind of brooded them a little bit. But I wasn't sure how many would survive that night. And then, sure enough, the next morning, there were only two that had survived. And they were fine. They were running around that morning. But then, later on in the afternoon, I went out there, and they were both kind of gone. Yeah. So, so And it was a cold, rainy day, so I think that they just got wet. And, you know, she should have kept them inside. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to watch the difference between the, the animals, because ducklings are actually very resilient. They're a lot hardier than most other, like, chicks and guinea keats and those kinds of things you know they're made to get wet you see one day old ducklings swimming around in ponds already with their parents but i noticed that mama duck has been keeping her ducklings in she keeps them in when it's cold and windy um and she only brings them out in the morning after this the grass is completely dry Mm -hmm. which is really kind of interesting which means the sun is up too and it's warmer and it's warm and then she takes them on a really long walk at first to keep them warm uh it's really interesting to kind of watch how she handles raising the little ones versus the guinea does and it's Mm -hmm. interesting to watch because i remember when i had the chicks and I put them outside during the day and people were just telling me they were going to die because they needed to be at 95 degrees. And um, I was like, well, not necessarily, you know, I mean, if they're being raised by their mom, they're out running around and that keeps them warm. Mm-hmm. But then at night is when they get brooded or when they get cold. So I'd have a box out there that they could go into when they got cold, you know, and they did great that way. And it's interesting because that's what the guinea did. And then that's what mama duck does as well. So... It's kind of interesting to watch. I enjoy watching the process of her raising them. I wonder too, and we've talked about this before, that our the chicken coop, which was here when we got here, 
um, and we do want to rebuild someday in a different spot because the spot that it's in, it's actually completely surrounded by trees. Mm -hmm. It's in sort of a, a gap in between two sets of trees. So it really doesn't get much sun. So I wonder if that had something to do with it too, because you know, that area doesn't get any sun. And so the, the Keats couldn't, but I mean, she she could have taken them to a different place. I don't know. It's just a, which we've always heard that guineas are kind of notorious for being bad moms. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mean probably it's why all they get out. out. That's probably why they hatch out so many, though. Yeah. And then it's just survival of the fittest, I guess. It weeds out the weak. Yeah. So that's kind yeah. of the, the fail of the week. It stinks, it's, but it's, you know, I mean, that's sad, the way it works. I didn't have time to brood animals right now, and I wanted to let her try, so we yeah. let her try. And, you know, next year, if they lay a nest somewhere i'll probably let i'll probably let them hatch out as many as they want to hatch and see what happens as well i mean i've got loads of guineas right now so yeah um so moving on from that on the sad note Mm. of nature is cruel nature is cruel that is true you watch those shows in back in grade school and well, they probably don't show those anymore because they don't want to teach yeah. kids that I was thinking bad about things that the happen. Other day. But yeah, the about wolves eating rabbits and all. Yeah, that and stuff. the lions running up on the gazelle and yeah. Yes. Um. On a fun note, I bought a welder. Yay! <laughs> uh, my my neighbor Matt sent me a a message on Facebook this week. Funny enough, while we were having coffee with his wife BJ and said hey look at this good deal and it was a it's an old uh lincoln stick welder or an arc welder um it is an oldie it's from the 60s the guy said um but it's the exact same model that my grandpa had my grandpa oh, was is it the exact same one? yeah, yeah that's my, and my grandpa's a fabric or was a fabricator um in you know around the steel mills in youngstown ohio and uh I just, there are so many good memories I have of him <laughs> welding things because he was always out in the garage welding stuff or using a cutting torch or working on motorcycles or doing those kinds of things. And um, and I spent a lot of summers with my grandparents and then uh, lived with them when I was in high school. So just have a lot of good memories of grandpa welding. And he actually taught me, um, I didn't do it much and I didn't practice much, mm-hmm. but I remember kind of concepts. So, uh, so Matt sent me a message, uh, on Monday and said, Hey, check out this good deal. And it was, uh, uh, an old tombstone welder. They call it the tombstone. Um, and it was 65 bucks. And I was like, man, cause that's, if you recall from episode 31 of the yes. podcast, Our Five Things, um, welding was my number one that I wanted to learn this next year. And so uh, so I said to Matt, hey, I'll split that with you because I know that he's been wanting well, a welder too. Well, you try to take a welding class maybe next mm-hmm. spring as well at the local, I don't know, whatever like they're called. Like continuing education or adult, adult education, education kind of things. Yeah, career center type places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so we're kind of excited. Now we can do welding projects. It's one of those, I, as I... I've got a project for you already. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. What do you got I, for me? My uh, trellis in the back, that big round thing. Oh, yeah. I'd like you to weld it because it's a, it's a p- pieces that come together. And then oh, you, so for, for easy shipping. It's got it's, three 
um, like hoops mm-hmm. and then you screw them together and then it goes out. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's just like a big, I forget what these kind are called. But it's just like a big dome and then it has the metal rings that go on it, but they don't stay on. And if when you push it down in the ground, of course, it doesn't go in quite right. And then the wheels or the circles want to kind of pop up and yeah, it's kind of a pain. I'll give it a shot. But if you weld it together, then I won't have that trouble. That's right. Of course, storing it, I always need a giant. Of course, I'll just leave it in the garden. But yeah. Yeah. You so, can weld that together for me. So we'll see. It might be, might lead to some interesting stories. Although, after we... <laughs> Maybe some fails of the week. <laughs> yeah, so many fails of the week. Um, after we, we got it, I started looking around at, you know, because with a welder, you need to get a mask. Um no, <laughs> no, you need to get a mask. Um, you will go blind. Um, and, you know, gloves and uh, like a leather shirt or a leather uh, apron apron of some sort, something to protect your, your arms and your, your chest, especially if you're uh, welding overhead, because then all the sparks mm. and all the slag basically just falls on you, and that hurts. I remember <laughs> that from being a child. Um uh, safety yeah, first. That's right. That's wonder you survived your childhood. Yeah, I know. Nowadays you wouldn't because you probably didn't wear a bike helmet either, did you? No. Um, but as I was looking around, it was really interesting. There's a lot of a lot of articles about welding and homesteading. And I read one article where the guy said that if you're going to have one skill, that uh, welding is it. You know, that that's, that's the one thing that you need to have. Um, as a, as a homesteader. And Hank Will, which we interviewed before, mm-hmm. um, he and I have kind of been going back and forth on Facebook about welding and uh, helmets and different things. So, and, and he said basically the same thing that, you know, it's a, it's a good skill to have. So, um, so I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's funny, we have the, the previous owner, when he was putting in um, trails back through the woodlot, he bought a bulldozer. And use that to to do that to make trails through, which I, <laughs> which is very fitting. It, it's very it fitting for him. him to a T. Yeah, he is a bulldozer. Um, but there are some bulldozer tracks that are sitting in our woods. That, I think there are two different sets of yeah. them. I think there's one halfway down the driveway too, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And we keep saying, oh, we need to get rid of those. We need to get rid of those. Well, now I can take those and practice on them because yeah. you know you need. Lots of uh, lots of steel to practice on, so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, so that's one thing that happened this week, and we're going to put a link in the show notes to our our five things podcast. That was a fun one. Yeah, we'll have to do that every year um, and see yeah, what our, our progress. Yeah, you've already checked a bunch off your list. Yeah, you? yeah. I've uh, let me see. Let me see if I can get to that. Let's see. My five things were welding, uh, small engine repair. Mm-mm. Cider and beer brewing, which I haven't done that yet. I've done some research, and we didn't get any cider this year. So, um, horseback riding, which that one may still happen. That, yeah, that one. Well, maybe this year. Yeah. Um, Our friend that's going to teach him just got a second horse. So. Yeah. And sailing, which is the same friend that has the horse. Right. So she's help, really helping me out with the five. Five things. Um, yours were making silage. As it happened. Uh, traditional European butchery. That will happen. Yep, with our pigs. Uh, keeping a dairy cow. 
which there were some votes last week for a oh, Scottish they were Highland. For a Scottish but that's, Highland, not a dairy cow. Yeah, that's but a beef cow. Our but, pasture isn't quite good enough for a dairy cow. I don't think it needs. We need some sheep or some other kind of gateway animal. Gateway, <laughs> gateway animal is a good way to describe it. Uh, mushroom foraging, which we went and took a class on that. Yep, yeah, and laying hedgerows, which I've read a lot about. And that kind of goes into one of our books later today. So, yeah. So, yeah, those mine five lofty. things. Episode 31. Yours are pretty lofty. Lofty and a little. I tried uh, to make mine attainable. And that's Matt actually I invited have, me down to work on his tractor one time. I don't know whatever happened with that. I said, yeah, let me know when you're going to do that. And then he probably, he his list is as long as ours, I think, of to dos. Because yeah. um, he was going to have me. <clears throat> help him work on one of his many antique tractors because he said, if you learn this, it's as simple as it gets. So, um, in fact, I think it was right after I've got a lawnmower you can work on. Is the lawnmower not working? No, I just probably could use a tune up. Oh yeah. Well, maybe I took apart a lawnmower engine once and put it back together and it worked after I did. I'm sure there's YouTube videos on it. Yeah. That's... I did it in the seventh grade. That was part of my science class. That's a good science teacher right there. Yeah. I mean, small engines. We loved it. Yeah, we, it was a team. We were two students, and we all each had a lawnmower engine. We had to take it apart, clean it, put it all back together, and it had to work. Wonder uh, where he got the. He probably ran a lot small, probably, <laughs> small engine yeah, repair shop. Side, yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> of the teacher, but yeah, he probably did. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, kids, we're gonna go mow the lawns and we're gonna <laughs> study the grass. <laughs> So that was episode 31. If you want to go check that out, we'll put a link in the show notes to go back and listen to the five things podcast. Um, other than that, we've just been cleaning up around the the place. We're trying to get everything ready for winter. Um, the air is getting colder. The leaves are falling off the trees and we know it's coming. I was talking to one of our neighbors who's, uh, I, he's in his eighties. I'm not exactly sure how old he is. I think you've talked about him here on the podcast. Yeah. Before. Alfred. Um, alfredgoodale.com is his website. He's actually an author. We'll put a link to that in the show notes too. He's an author and there's, there's two books on his website that you can download. Um, at any rate, uh, I was up talking to Alfred this week and he said that, uh, we were talking about the Red Sox cause they're, they were in the playoffs and now they're going to the world series. And he said, Oh, he, we were talking about hunting season and, uh, the leaves and those types of things. And he said, that November 1st or 2nd, the fr- that first weekend in November, that's when that's when winter comes. He said, that's when fall's over. And I said, oh, why do you say that? And he said, well, baseball's over, hunting season or deer hunting season begins, and uh, the time change happens. And he said, for some reason, it's like that combination of those three things always winter. signifies winter. Yeah. yeah. Um, for him, at least, I guess. But he's yeah. he's lived... I think he moved from Massachusetts, but then, I mean, he's lived here in Liberty for 40 years, so he should know. <laughs> um, and in fact, on the way up to see him, uh, another thing that's happened this week, another exciting and sad, crazy. scary, crazy thing, um, there's actually a lot of horseshoe, horseshoe? No. <laughs> <laughs> Snowshoe. Snowshoe. <laughs> Snow- horseshoe. horseshoe rabbits. Talking about riding horses. Horseshoe <laughs> rabbits. That'd be a sad That's looking rabbit. A crazy horseshoe rabbit. Snow. What are they? Snow hair. Snowshoe hair. S- right? Snowshoe. 
Rip, I don't Hair. know. Yeah. Hairs. Yeah, rabbits. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of those up here in Maine. In Ohio, yeah. it's interesting because you can't hunt them. They're, it's illegal to hunt them because they're so few. Um, but up here, cottontails are actually uh, protected or, mm-hmm. you know, because they're they're more rare. But then you can hunt snowshoe hares. Which is just so funny because in Ohio, cottontails are... Oh, jeez. Oh, like they're plague. a plague. They're everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I was driving up to Alfred's house and uh, all of a sudden a rabbit ran out in front of me and there was absolutely nothing I could do. And I smacked it pretty good and it, it died instantly. Um, uh, I you know, saw it go back over to the other side of the road uh, through, the, <laughs> through the air. <laughs> and I know it's terrible. Um, it's one of the... Which I, is always I bad. Hate, I, I hate too. hitting I animals. I always do almost whatever I can at- not wrecking my car though, right. you know. But sometimes it's unavoidable. I, Squirrels are the worst. Uh, you just I hit two once at the same time <laughs> on our college campus. They committed suicide, I think, because it was ridiculous. <laughs> and then I felt terrible because we had named them. Chucky and Bucky. Yeah. And only Bill survived. Yeah, Chucky, Bucky, and Bill. Uh, terrible. Yeah. So I hit this uh, horseshoe rabbit. <laughs> and i decided you know what i'm not gonna let this go to waste so i turned around (laughs) i turned around and put my flashers on got out of the car and grabbed the rabbit and and it's funny because i looked up on top of the hill (laughs) looked up on top of the hill and the people whose house i stopped out in front of are standing at their front door looking at me as i pick up this dead rabbit off the side of the road people from ohio (laughs) so i just gave them a little wave and Threw the rabbit in the car. Um, because since we feed our animals raw, you know, we're, we're feeding them chickens and we feed them the squirrels that I hunt and different, different things. Um, I thought, well, this is a meal. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no point in it laying on the side of the road and going to waste. So, Although I'm sure a fox would get it or something. Right. But then, again, the fox is standing right. by the road and, right. you know, they could get hit too. So, at any rate, I picked it, it up. would be eating our chickens. I picked it up and threw it in the car uh, to bring it home, and it was it was funny because I got home after dark, and you were standing at the kitchen window doing the dishes, and I carried the rabbit up and kind of, <laughs> and you're just like, what? Um, but two things came of it. One was a meal for Tara, um, but the other was that I I skinned it and and gutted it, um, and I have the skin. I saved the skin because I'd like to start trying to do, which this could have been one of my five things yeah. too, um, is tanning hides, but also um, what's, I'm drawing a complete blank because tanning is one thing and then there's the other thing, which is, uh, I, don't I don't know either. It's when you, yeah. So finishing hides, mm. we'll call it. That's not it. But because isn't tanning when you remove the hair, isn't that like, Part of tanning. Isn't that the definition of... Because you put it in the alkaline solution and then it takes the hair off and then you're just left with the skin. Yeah, but sometimes you want to keep the hair in there, right? So is there a different word for that? I don't know. I can't remember. I obviously have not... It's not on my five things list, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I saved the the pelt um, and I put it in a bag and threw it in the freezer because at least I know... That much that that's what you're supposed to do if you can't do something with it right away. 
um, because it was just the softest. I mean, rabbit fur is just so soft. It's unbelievable. Um, so two things will come of it. Tara got a really good meal out of it, which she enjoyed. She loved it. And uh, and you'll get a, a nice little pair of mittens for your, <laughs> for your fingers because it's not that big of a belt. Um, Plus, it was just really neat to look at the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Since it was a snowshoe hair, which I've never yeah. seen necessarily. I mean, I suppose I may have seen one at a zoo or something, but yeah, really inter- so much different than a cottontail that we have back in Ohio. Um, really quite amazing. They're really pretty and huge back feet. Yeah, really and amazing and, and, and kind lots of, of hair. really furry, like yeah. Clydesdale hairy feet almost. Yeah. Really interesting. So but it that- was brown. I mean, it wasn't white because it was. It's still fall hair, so yeah. it still has its colored coat yeah they'd be easy to pick out if they were white in the fall um so that was an interesting weird happening this week craziness those crazy those crazy yeah i have a couple friends that feed their animals raw and they're on the list for deer roadkill Mm -hmm. in their area and they go get it and cut it up and feed it to their dogs um it's actually a good idea it is a really good idea because then you make use of something that that typically is wasted yeah doesn't and then your dogs get really good species, kind of appropriate diet. So yeah, that might be. We'll have to look into that. I don't know if there is a list like that around here, but deer aren't as plentiful around here, right. and there aren't as many roads either. Although you hear them because we there was a deer collision. Remember, and it came oh, through on true. the fire radio. That's true. Maybe when those start coming through on the fire radio, I'll just run out to wherever they're at and just say, yeah. "Hey, <laughs> hey, you want that?" <laughs> you want- <laughs> <laughs> you gonna take that with you? <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> uh, that's funny. We we tried to pick up a roadkill deer once in Ohio, or we thought about it. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we, we came upon it. one uh, that was pretty freshly hit, and we were thinking about taking it for the because that was right when we started feeding raw. Mm-hmm. That was when we started feeding Lucy raw. Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, we've got a reader question. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and... And I thought I would put this one on there. Um, Pia says, I always enjoy your podcasts, and since I find so much wisdom in them, I was wondering why you don't like Blogspot. Um, it sounds passive-aggressive kind of a... when you read it, but it isn't meant that way at all. Just general interest. Um, I have a I have a blog, Scott. She says I have a Blogspot blog she says year but blogspot blog and i'm working on improving it and considering moving it i would love to hear what you think and i must say i strongly dislike blog blogger which is the cms behind blogspot um Mm -hmm. i think they bought them yeah i've used them for a couple blogs see you know it was cms for a couple blogs that i wrote for and it's just not user friendly it's not easy the code is ridiculously overblown i mean you put in a picture and it's like a paragraph and a half of code that it punches in there and it's just hard to proofread your post i just found it really clunky and not very user friendly um and it just didn't seem to work very well for me it wasn't intuitive that i had more trouble with it not doing things the way it should be doing it and i also get frustrated with it when I go to a blog I think this to, is your big to comment complaint. and they and I know it's kind of a setting thing. Well for one, the comments generally pop come up in a pop up box, which kind of drives me nuts. 
Um, and then two, I think it's a, um, it's a setting that people have, but they don't do the name URL. So people can just comment with their name and the URL of their website. You have to log into Google or WordPress or one of those third party things, which half the time when I go to log in, because I have multiple accounts on those, I'm not logged into the right one that I need. So then I need to log out of that one and then log in under the, you know, my blog one in order to comment on this blog. So usually I just don't comment because that's a pain, you know, because I'm logged into a certain account for a certain reason because I'm doing something with that account. So it's just a pain to have to log out and log back in. So maybe if you have a blog or blog, go in and set it up so that people can comment with the name URL and then you might get more comments because I don't comment if I can't do that. And some people do, but you run across some that don't and it drives me crazy. Yeah, I I think that's your biggest complaint. I just complaint. don't think it's... And I've used it for a couple different blogs that I wrote for, and the CMS is just really bad. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really not... It's not easy. Proofreading your posts is just awful. The, the, the text or the typeface that they use is really hard, and they don't... The spacing is weird. It may have changed since then. It's been probably two years since the I quit writing for a blog, the last blog that used... But it also seemed like for a long time they didn't update it and didn't make changes. Yeah. Because uh, for Chiyot's Run, we use WordPress. Mm -hmm. uh, WordPress, the self-hosted version. Because WordPress.com, you can sign up and they host it for you and everything. Right. We use the self-hosted version. Um, And I also used to use the WordPress hosted version for another blog that I mm -hmm. wrote for. And it was great, too. I mean, it kind of auto-updates and they... Mm -hmm run some things through there that they're testing and so it's interesting sometimes but it always works really well and it, i mean wordpress is great i like wordpress a lot yeah they always seem to be coming out with new features and trying to improve upon mm-hmm. there there's rarely anything that comes out on it where it feels like a step backwards mm-hmm. it always feels like they're moving forwards on it so if you're thinking about starting a blog then i would recommend going to wordpress.com i think it's free yeah. Um, and I think you can pay not very much to get the dot WordPress taken out. Right. It's, because it's, it's, it's whatever your, the, the username you choose dot WordPress.com, yeah. mm-hmm. but you can, um, get your own domain name. So right. you could just get, you know, you could have Chiots run rather than Chiots run dot WordPress.com. Um, and I think there's a couple other benefits that come along. I think maybe once you get to a certain size, you have to pay. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've looked at it. And we typically, for even client sites, I use um, the self-hosted WordPress because it's a really great CMS, really easy to use, and especially for blogs um, it's because it's source, specifically so set up for blogging. There are always lots of great changes and mm-hmm. you know, people make little widgets and stuff for it and fixed tweaks and that kind of stuff. There's a whole host of information, just a big community of people helping to fix things that are going wrong and figuring out little bugs when they happen and that kind of stuff, which I just felt like Blogger was never that way. And it was always, if it was screwed up, it was screwed up and they weren't going to fix it anytime soon. Yeah. Speaking of little widgets for the blog, uh, we were oh yeah, we were uh, debating tonight before the podcast about who the top commentators Com- commenters well commenters but when i typed commenter into uh the uh the show notes it said it it gave me a misspelling and oh. it wouldn't recommend like a commentator? proper spelling yeah so it said commentator hmm. that's interesting yeah so commenter 
Is that a real word? I, I would assume it is. Yeah. But anyway. Commenter. Um, the definition for commenter by the free online dictionary is one who makes or writes comments. No. Oh, well, there you go. So a speaking, commentator annota- annotator. Speak, so. Speaking of cool little widgets, as we were discussing, wonder who the top commenters are on Shiot's yeah. Run. And Susie said straight away, Nebraska Dave. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But Nebraska Dave is number 10. So I found <sighs> a little... Nebraska Dave. I know, you're slacking. He's been commenting a lot. But he just, <laughs> yeah. He's been commenting recently, though. But um, the winner, Maybelline, she's been comment. She's been reading my blog since forever. Yeah, so forever Maybelline ago. is our big winner. Yeah. So if you go to the homepage of Chiyot's Run uh, and you scroll down on the side all underneath the archives, the all the way down, underneath the archive list, and it's only on the homepage that this is listed. I'm going to leave this up there. I don't. It's just kind of fun to look at um, the top ten commenters. Uh, Maybelline, and this is in order. Uh, Kim H was second. Uh, Kristen at Going Country. Which I knew she would be up there. Yeah. Amy, Jennifer Fisk, mm-hmm. who we need to go visit. Melissa, Daisy, Kelly, uh, Goat Pod 2, and last but certainly not least, Nebraska Dave. That's right. So that's just, it's kind of fun. And it, it, shows, fun. it shows the number of comments. Maybelline has uh, 871. Yeah. That is a lot of comments. That's awesome. That is a lot of comments. That's a lot. But that's a great blog, too. That's the great thing about... Um, Maybellinesgarden.blogspot.com. <laughs> oh, blogspot. There it is. Yeah. She's just redid her kitchen. She actually just had back surgery. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And they're redoing their kitchen, which is really quite lovely. But it, yeah, she t- she lives in Florida. I mean, Florida and California. So... That's she's always got She's always got lots of beautiful things blooming. She has espalier trees and grows fruit trees outside and um, lots of lovely... Lovely edibles in her garden. Nice. Um, I think I can set up this widget. Yes, I can. I was just looking at it to hyperlink to the people's blog. So let me see if that worked. Going back to the homepage, scrolling all the way down. Um, (laughs) We keep wanting to redesign this blog, but... yeah. Paying clients always come first. Yep. Yeah. The the links are now working, so oh, uh, you can hover over the people's names and go to their go to their uh, blogs. That'll give them a little link love. Um, but yeah, it's kind of neat to see, and it, that's great too because I really think one of the biggest positives of Chiyot's Run is the comments. There's just so much content mm-hmm. that's generated, and so many good suggestions that come from that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a neat little. Sidebar for tonight. So let's get on to. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We covered the reader questions. So let's get on to the topic. Simple holidays, because we are almost an hour into it. Wow. And we need to get 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 to the topic. For those people that only have an hour commute, they're like, "Oh no, what am I gonna do?" Yeah, you can listen tomorrow. on the way home. Um. So we wanted to talk a little bit about simple holidays. We figured, you know, since most of the big box stores have Christmas trees out already. Why not talk about no, it? And it always drives me crazy. <laughs> Although we're celebrating Christmas at Thanksgiving when we go back to Ohio. So mm-hmm. that means we've got just a few weeks. Uh, so it's kind of like Thanksgiving right yeah, now. It's like us. a month away then, isn't it? Yeah. So it's something, yeah, a, couple, a week or two ago, I was like, oh, yeah, I better start thinking about that. Make sure I have you know, everyone's everything planned out and ready to go. So I'm not 
all of a sudden overwhelmed the week before right. we leave when we've got a bunch of other stuff going on because we're leaving. So, And over the past few years, over the past several years, we've really tried to simplify our holidays as much mm-hmm. as possible. Um, and it's one of those things that even if you simplify the rest of your life, that's kind of the hardest sometimes mm-hmm. because it really is just, it's such a cons- consumeristic season kind Mm -hmm. of you know everywhere you go there's i mean everything it's just all about buying stuff for the holidays well Um, and one of our favorite things about the holidays is christmas music mm -hmm. uh i think we have we we collect random christmas music and old christmas music that's out of print and just (laughs) weird random Mm -hmm. stuff so i think we have over 500 christmas songs now we we have this whole rating system in iTunes, and so we don't listen to 500 every right. season. But uh, that yeah, but we um we have a lot. But even within those Christmas songs, there's so much. You know, like the our our favorite line is uh, the let's Amy Grant song the Amy Grant song that says let's spend a whole lot more than what we've got. But so what? Yeah. And you're just like, what? what? <laughs> no, <laughs> don't spend more than you've got. Then you're just stressed out. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to talk a little bit about what we do to simplify our holidays. And uh, hopefully maybe there's some things that you can implement into your holiday season. And that's why we decided to cover it now, too, because... Um, some of the things that we're going to talk about do take a little bit more extra time, and so mm-hmm. you need to be thinking about them now rather than um, the week or two weeks before Christmas. I know that some people make it you know, a sport to go shopping on Christmas Eve for all right. their last-minute gifts, but um, this, hopefully, like I said, some of these suggestions will make it a little less stressful and and allow you to enjoy it. I mean, because mm-hmm. that's what, that's what really the holidays are about is or should be about is being with your family and enjoying family. And, um, I just feel, I don't know. So many times it's just get together and here's your gift and let's eat a meal and, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going home, you know? Um, I think a lot of times everything that is associated with the holiday takes precedent over what they're really about. Yeah. So because of all the other stuff, it's almost like, what it's really supposed to be about is missing because you don't have time or you're worried about the other stuff or you're too tired because you've been doing the other stuff or, you know, you've had 60 holiday parties and you're just in a bad mood Yeah. when you finally get to your family Christmas or whatever. Yeah, it's interesting. Or you spent too much money and you're mm-hmm. stressed out about when Jan- the January credit card bill comes and, mm-hmm. you know, now you've got so much money that you can't pay and yeah it's just i don't know there's there's a lot of interesting things that go along around it so let's start talking about these things um the first thing that we would suggest is to set boundaries um and this is important i think this is key particularly if you're an introvert or an hsp or someone in your family is if any of your children are in particular mm -hmm. you know otherwise you're gonna deal with meltdowns and all kinds of horrible things and then nobody's happy so definitely setting boundaries is key and and not only setting boundaries but then sticking to them Mm -hmm. and making sure that um 
and, and this is where it can get touchy, but making sure that <laughs> other people understand why you're setting the boundaries that mm-hmm. you're setting because it does affect other people. So when we say boundaries, um, something like only deciding to go to certain parties. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of holiday parties. There's the work party. There's, you know, it, especially if you're uh, in a family that that there have been divorces in the family mm-hmm. um, because then, you know, you can have like four part, four sets of parents that you need to go see. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if family's out of town, now you're traveling and mm-hmm. um, it can just be super stressful. So when it comes to holiday parties or get togethers in general, um, whether that be with family, friends, coworkers, you know, the, the bowling club, whoever, um, (laughs) only decide to go to so many of them, only decide the ones that are most important to you and to the other ones, just don't go. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing would be how much, another boundary to set would be how much money you're going to spend. That's a big one. Yeah. Definitely have a budget for gifts because otherwise it's just not going to happen. You're going to spend more than you think you did. And uh, it could be too, just, and I think, I don't know if we have this later on in, in our notes that we put together, but as far as, as buying gifts, um, try to really, it depends on who you're buying for, I guess. Um, if you're buying for kids, try to really talk to them about what the holiday season is really about, you know, whether, whatever that is for you, um, whether that's about family or that's about, you know, the, the religion that you practice, um, talk to them about that and let them see what it's really about, that it's not about just getting a bunch of crap that Mm -hmm. is going to break and that, you know, the kids are going to be more interested in playing with the boxes. Um, help them to really understand what it is about. Um, one of the things that your family does that I really appreciate is that before we open gifts, we always read the Christmas story out of the Bible, mm-hmm. um, you know, about the the birth of Christ and, and how that came about. And it's just really, it's a neat way to focus back um, for, for us and for your family on, you know, what the holiday season means to us. Um, but, you know, in, in whatever way you need to do that, make sure that you keep your focus on uh, on what the season is about for you. And right. that goes and that's into... Important. I mean, that's kind of the crux of everything is figuring out what the season means to you and making sure that your boundaries help you keep what's important important. Mm-hmm. Um, because if family is what's most important to you, then you don't need to be going to work parties and stuff. You could be making cookies with your kids instead or doing, you know, making those great holiday memories um, instead of all the other stuff that could possibly. So once you figure out what it really does mean to you, then that helps you set your boundaries and kind of define what you need to be doing or not doing or saying no to um, during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So the next one kind of going along with setting the boundaries is deciding how many family functions you're going to attend and don't let people guilt you into doing more than you can handle because that's exactly... And this is particularly important for introvert people, if mm-hmm. you, especially if you have introvert kids um, because it's just... I mean, it can get ridiculous. Yeah. You can have particularly... 
it, depending on which generation in your family you are, um, and whether or not, you know, you have divorced parents and you're married and, you know, mm -hmm. they have parents and it just gets ridiculous sometimes because then you have your personal family Christmas and then you have one with your parents. And then if you have divorced parents, you have one with another set of parents. And then maybe you also have to go to a bigger one that's your parents, you know, like your mother's brothers and, and sisters and, yeah. and dad and then your dad's brothers and sisters and parents and then your, you know, stepmom's <laughs> brothers and sisters and parents and all that and it just gets a little ridiculous yeah. um growing up we had two we had our own personal family christmas and then we had um you know the one with my grandparents they usually my grandparents would always come around to the family christmases uh often that's kind of what they did instead of making everybody <laughs> and we'd still get together for a meal with uh my dad's family um but it wasn't i mean it wasn't always too crazy mm -hmm. i know some i know some for i have some friends and it's like they're going to 50 different family get togethers yeah. at <laughs> at the holiday time yeah. i'm just like oh my goodness i couldn't do that i would have to set like every other year for different families or um i just couldn't handle that luckily my family decided that we were kind of downsizing once my sister had kids and, you know, we, both the kid, both of us girls got married. My brother lives in Georgia, so he doesn't usually make it up. But we decided at that point that it was time to scale back. And so it's my parents, my sister, her kids, if my brother can make it up. It's just kind of that now mm -hmm. instead of my dad's brothers. And that it just gets too crazy trying to arrange schedules for all of those people especially at the holiday times just was too ridiculous and so my family decided that's what we wanted to do instead of all the craziness and so that's what we do mm -hmm. um it's it's like i always say too um whenever discussing that i know it has nothing to do with it but whenever discussing something with clients clients always want stuff on their website everything needs to be bold right because everything needs to be emphasized but if it, i always say if everything's bold then nothing has emphasis. Right. And that's the way it is with going to 50 parties. If you go to 50 parties, then you don't enjoy really any of them because you're too tired and you're you right. know spending all this time and spending all this money because you have to take something to a party and you have mm -hmm. to give a gift to this person and so on and so forth. And so why not just choose one or two parties and put your energy and your time into those and into really enjoying them? <clears throat> because that's another thing is is making sure that when you go to the parties that you've selected or the get-togethers that you've selected that you do enjoy them mm -hmm. that not all the time is spent uh you know if you're the person that cooks the meal like you're the person that mm -hmm. cooks the meals um for your family but making sure that you know you set aside some time even if hey we're not going to have potatoes this year because I'd rather spend time talking to you guys than mm -hmm. making mashed potatoes um, or figure out a way that different people can bring different food, make it more of a potluck meal rather than, mm -hmm. you know, I know that it's kind of like, I, I keep thinking about Christmas vacation, uh, national Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas vacation, one of the our favorite Jello. movies. Um, yeah. Jello well, with the cat food. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the Turkey though, how oh, she cooks yeah. the Turkey and it turns out terribly, but that's, you know, again, all, all this emphasis is put on that meal and, oh, I got to make the perfect meal. And, yeah. um, and so you don't enjoy it. And sometimes it's better to have a more simple meal. 
Mm -hmm. that you don't spend as much time on so that you can actually sit down and enjoy time the doing the fun stuff. Yep. The next... <coughs> Excuse and me. You know, I've got I mean, a frog in my it's throat. It's like anything else. If you love the family and have a big family and love all the get-togethers and that's just what you love about Christmas, then enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But make sure that if you do have a spouse or a kid that does struggle with that, that you're also... Mindful of that. Mindful of that and maybe meet in the middle somewhere or mm -hmm. make sure that you have ways for, to help them cope for that. Because that would, I couldn't handle that. Luckily, we only, we've gotten it down to two, right? Sometimes three, depending three on where your us. dad's living. Well, yeah. <clears throat> and then if you count us, we've always, we set a, I think we'll talk about this later here. We decided a long time ago that Christmas Day was going to be our day, mm -hmm. that we weren't going to, if one of our families per planned their Christmas on Christmas Day, we weren't going because that was going to be our day to spend together at, for our holiday celebration. And I remember one year your family planned their get together and they were all upset because we didn't go, but they knew because we've been saying that since the beginning, I'm sorry, we're not going anywhere Christmas Day. And they would ask us when we were open for Christmas and we'd say any day but Christmas Day. So, I mean, it's just one of the, the things like that. And yeah, I mean, we could have rearranged our schedule, but then in the future, it will probably continue to happen. Right. And that's just one of those things. That's kind of something we started to do. And sometimes we go hiking. Sometimes we sit around at home. That's just kind of our day to do what? Usually we watch Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Christmas Story. And the Christmas Story. and But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's something we did and we set boundaries for that. And we don't. You know, sometimes my parents will come visit us on Christmas Day, and that's fine. But we're not going to any get-together that's happening on that day. Mm -hmm. And that goes along, too, with setting traditions. Um, another part of having simple holidays is making up your own family traditions. Uh, whether that be um, something that you eat, like a breakfast. I know that, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was some of our friends that they... Um, one of their families, they'd always have a lunch and it was just kind of, it wasn't expected that you come, but the, they would prepare a lunch. And if you came over, that was fine. And if you didn't, that was fine mm -hmm. too. Um, but you know, select something that you have for breakfast every morning before you open gifts, mm -hmm. uh, make waffles, make, you know, uh, that's what we used to do until our waffle maker broke. Yeah. We always had um, waffles. My mom gave us a waffle maker one year for Christmas and so it was, I don't know when we had gotten together, but so Christmas day, we decided we were going to get up and make waffles. So we did that every Christmas until our waffle maker broke. And that's something simple. I mean, it's something that's, so, you know, you can do it any other day, but for some reason when you do it as a tradition, mm -hmm. um, it becomes something special and something to look forward to. I have some a friends, one of my girlfriends, and they get, they all get Christmas pajamas for Christmas. And then Christmas Day, they all wear their Christmas pajamas all day and they stay at <laughs> home and watch movies and eat popcorn and, you know, eat pancakes and that kind of stuff. And they all lounge around in their Christmas pajamas all day. That's just kind of their thing that they started um, when their kids were little and, you know, their kids are teenagers now and they still do it and everybody loves it. And it's, mm -hmm. I think it's a great fun tradition. You know, she said things just got really too crazy. And, you know, we had multiple families that wanted us to come on Christmas, even though we'd already done family things and mm -hmm. it became this like guilt thing. And so she said, finally, we decided it was time to scale back and 
make it our day for our family. So I thought that's, I mean, that's a great, that's a great way to do it. Another Christmas tradition that, that you and I have is to make hot chocolate and drive around and look at Christmas lights. Yeah. Um, that's kind of something my parents always did with us. We didn't always make hot chocolate, but we always would take a night and go drive around and look at Christmas lights. And we have that, something that one of your friends in college, I think it was a joke, but you and <laughs> yes, I still it continue was, it. Was it was one of our trips. Yeah, which is that whenever we see a really good yeah. a good house with lots of lights, then we we honk for Christmas. Yep. So we'll we'll blast the horn a few times. That started to, when I was in college. My girlfriends and I we had a friend that lived up, um, not necessarily in a suburb of Chicago, but you could catch the train in her little town and be in Chicago in you know twenty minutes. So we would go up the weekend after Thanksgiving, I think. And spend the weekend at her house, and then we'd ride the train into Chicago on Saturday, and you know, look at all the Christmas decorations, and go to the mall, and ice skate, and just do all the kind of fun stuff in Chicago. And so that came from one of those road trips when we were driving. I think it was when we were driving back to Cincinnati from Chicago, and we were honking at all the Christmas lights, trying to keep honk ourselves for awake. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> So we always honk for Christmas. Yeah. Um, another thing that you can do or another tradition that you can set is to have your family make gifts for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this this, can, is, this is a really like simplifying, but you have to have your family on board. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise it can be, which thankfully my family is all about this kind of thing, which I like. Because it can get... It can get so expensive. I mean, if yeah. if every person and I'm thinking about one of our other friends. Um, oh yeah, it was ridiculous for them. They because they would get so many gifts that they felt obliged to give gifts to everyone else, and so. Yeah. But I think that it was the same for all the people that were involved yeah. in this situation, so it and so this vicious cycle. It was just ridiculous the amount of money that they would spend and the amount of gifts that they would give. And, and it was so stressful for them right, to go out and buy things for everybody. So they resorted to, well, we're making a list, we're getting gift cards for everybody this year, you know, because it's just too much to go out and buy 50 Christmas presents for everybody. And then at that point, what's the... Is there any love or is there any meaning yeah. behind these gifts? Or, you know, here here's a gift card to Applebee's. Uh, enjoy some shrimp shooters. Um, you know, there's just, there's there, there's nothing behind that. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with a gift card, if anybody would like to get me one. But um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't leave any negative reviews in iTunes, please. Um, but doing something like um, a handmade handmade gifts is a great way to make something that means something. Mm -hmm. And as you're making it for that person, so let's give a few examples. Um, Okay. So I think I have pictures of this one, which I should post because this is probably the best handmade gift that I've ever made. And it's been the most appreciated gift that I've ever given by the person who received it. So one year, um, I decided to make my dad a quilt. Um, and it wasn't anything big. I used old jeans that I had uh, laying around. And uh, I had an old set of green flannel sheets. And my dad was in Boy Scouts growing up, like all growing up Eagle Scout, and had this huge collection of Boy Scout patches. 
And so I gathered up all of his patches that he had and I made this quilt and sewed them all on a quilt and I tufted it with like red old timey looking yarn and had a flannel. So it's just big squares of jeans and flannel. And then the back of it's flannel. It doesn't have, I think it has a flannel sheet in the middle, but no like batting. So it's kind of one of those thin quilts. Um, and I must say the thing, it didn't take that long because it was just kind of a big squares. It didn't take me that long to sew the patches onto the onto the thing. I think I spent maybe two days making this gift for him. And uh, he absolutely loves this quilt. This quilt goes with him when he travels. He uses this quilt now, I think, every night when he sleeps. He just loves this. <laughs> he absolutely loves this quilt. Um, and I do too. It's a great... And it's it cost me nothing because it was all old jeans that I had laying around, an old set of flannel sheets. It was... Um, my dad's patches that I collected. It was an actually a really old skein of yarn that my mom had had since I was a kid that was bright red. Um, so it really, it cost me nothing. But in the value that, I mean, my dad values this quilt a lot. Mm -hmm. He loves this thing. And I've bought him presents throughout the years, you know, things that he likes, but he likes this probably more than any other thing he's gotten. Mm-hmm. When you started talking about that, I thought you were going to talk about uh, Oren's cape. Oh yeah, which I yeah. I just did a search for that on the blog, I, and yeah, I found I that. So we can put a that. we can put a link to that in the blog. But right. what, and my sister said one year she said, oh, she said Oren really wants, which is our nephew. Oren really wants a superhero cape and requested one. She said, but my sister's not a sewer at all, and I like to sew. So she said, I thought that would be a perfect thing that you could make for him, and of course. I always have to take things to the crazy <laughs> level. <laughs> so I made him a, a reversible cape. So it's blue on one side and red on the other. And then I put kind of the starburst with his name on the back in the reversed color so he could put it on either side. And then I ended up with some extra felt. So I think I made him a um, little wristlets with stars on them yeah, and, and a little mask. velcro gun and a mask to pull over his eyes that's also reversible so everything was reversible blue and red he absolutely loved that thing and my sister said the next morning she was down making breakfast and went to around to the stairway to call the kids down to breakfast and she said all she saw was my <laughs> Oren run to the top of his stairs with his cape his wristlets his mask and nothing else on it <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a superhero there. <laughs> and he loved that thing. We'll put a we'll put a link to that blog post because you wrote a blog post about that one. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can see it. But it's things like that that yeah. that really mean something when you give them. They're so special. Um, I've made you a couple of uh, mufflers or scarves. Mm -hmm. You know, one that's super long for deer hunting so that you can wrap it all the way up around your head or unwrap it if you get hot. Um, and then I crocheted another nice wool one to go with your your uh, dress coat. That one I actually yeah. crocheted while you were deer hunting <laughs> one year. <laughs> and that's, you know, every time I use that, I think about you, mm -hmm. you know, and think about you, that you made that for me. Um and that, that makes it special. It's so much nicer than something just, just bought from the store. Now, of course, 
some of these things, it takes time to make something rather than buying it from the store. So mm-hmm. you do have to put a little more planning into it. Or have but a, you can also buy it from someone else that makes it handmade. Mm-hmm. So that's another, if you don't want to make it yourself, at least try to search out ways to be a little more mindful in the things that you do purchase. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to uh, teaching your kids about, or you know, your family members, about what it means what the holiday season means to you, maybe instead of, uh, or in addition to giving each other gifts, maybe donating some old toys or uh, some clothes um, to a charity and making that part of your holiday mm-hmm. tradition too. My sister's, my sister's brothers, or my sister's husbands, I'm thinking brother-in-law, and then talking about my sister, so I'm all screwed up. My brother-in-law's family, um, for during their Christmas get-together, they have everyone bring some item, like multiples of some item, and they put together those shoe boxes that have toothpaste and soap and wash rags and that kind of stuff. And there's some charity, I think it's through their church, that they always send them to. And that's kind of part of their holiday celebration. Everybody brings one of the item that goes in there, so someone brings... 50 bars of soap, someone brings 50 wash rags, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, instead of buying gifts, that's what you bring. And then they spend their time together putting all of these boxes together. And then they drop them off at the church who then, I don't know, I think there are more families than just just theirs in the church that do it. And then Mm -hmm. they deliver them or ship them, or I'm not exactly sure where they're going, but that's something that they've always done as well. And I work for a nonprofit, and there's this one family who, once their kids got older, instead of buying gifts, they all support a child through our scholarship program. So they're paying for a kid, uh, a poor kid, to get a good education, and that's their Christmas. They don't they get together and they have dinner, but they don't buy each other any gifts. That's what they do is they just support a child because they figure, you know, they don't need anything, and they what they really want to. En- what the holidays are for them is spending time together mm-hmm. and why spend their money buying stuff that they don't need. So I think that's kind of neat too. I remember when I got their letter and then it had checks, you know, they get together and they send all the checks together cause they write them all on Christmas when they're mm-hmm. celebrating Christmas and send them in to me with a nice note usually. Um, so that's kind of neat. I remember when they got their first, when they had decided to do that, one of their kids, it was their idea. So, you know, why not bring it up to your family members and say, Hey, let's just get, let's just do the meal. If that's what we really care about. And let's either just simplify and all save money or send money to a charity or do, do some sort of a charitable thing. I remember one year, what did we do? We did Christmas cards for... We had a go oh, for the troops. Oh yeah. yeah. I had um I think 50 Christmas cards. And so I had 50 and then I had everybody in my family sign them and that's kind of what we did at our celebration and then I took a bunch to your family and we all signed them and sent Christmas cards to the troops that one year mm-hmm. to at least 100 of them. Yeah. <laughs> it was Not a local organization that was collecting mm-hmm. them. And so I joined in and they are trying to get a certain number. I can't remember thousands and thousands and thousands. So we joined in. I think the the underlying principle of everything that we're saying though is first of all know why you're doing what you're doing. 
Yeah, don't um, those things. Just be, because they're expected of you or right. just because everybody else is doing them. Right. Be mindful of the reasons behind what you're doing. And if you're buying a gift, why are you buying that gift? Yeah. Um, and because we're not saying, I mean, the holidays, let's be honest, the holidays are all about excess, right? I mean, <laughs> you eat way too much. You have way too many cookies. You, you know, right. you, you, you relax probably more than you should. Um, but, and, and that's fun. But why are you doing that? You know, what's the reasoning behind that? Um, so first thing is to be mindful. And the second thing is to make sure that you enjoy it. Um, yeah. you know, enjoy your family, enjoy, I love giving gifts. I, I, I don't really, to be honest, I don't care to receive that many gifts mm-hmm. because you, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but usually I'm just like, oh, gee, thanks for this. Cause I'm not going to use this. Um, <laughs> we've gotten some doozy gifts in the past. Yeah. We've gotten some real we got matching sweatshirts once. Yeah, that were way too big for Although us. Although they said Spain because the person giving them to us knew I spoke Spanish and assumed that Spain was probably, you know, the wrong. right country. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different, <laughs> wrong continent. Yeah. Same language, I guess. That's all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so be mindful. And uh, what was the second one I just said? <laughs> Know why you're doing what you're doing. Know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and, you know, if you're, you might be nervous to maybe mention to your family about the whole not getting gifts thing, but, you know, you might be surprised that everybody's thinking the same thing. And right. people might all want to breathe a sigh of relief of not having to spend the time. Because if you think about it, if you don't have to go out and buy gifts for all of the people, you have more time. Maybe you can spend a longer day together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. The second and one we've was done enjoy. That. Enjoy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And we've done that, I think, because we quit doing gift exchanges with your family, too. Someone mm-hmm. was finally like, this is stupid that we all buy each other stuff because who needs anything? Right. So That's... everybody just kind of quit. Yep. Which was nice. Yeah. Although I still take rolls. I didn't last year because we were moving, but I often take uh, pans of cinnamon rolls to everybody that they can bake. Christmas morning right. for breakfast, which those are a huge hit. I think everybody really likes those because mm-hmm. I make a mighty fine cinnamon roll, <laughs> which I'll have to do that this year for us for Christmas. That's a good idea. Yeah. So the second one was enjoy. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of cinnamon rolls, in, enjoy. enjoy. Enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy the parties that you go to and make sure you're enjoying them. Make sure mm-hmm. that you're taking time, which goes back to the first one, being mindful. Um, make sure that you're taking time and that you're looking around and that you're you know, you're noticing the joy on the kids' faces as they open up the gifts and and those types of things because it's so easy to just to be stressed out or to be just all the stuff that goes on around the holidays. Um, just really enjoy it. Enjoy time with family. Enjoy time with friends. Enjoy the food, uh, and make sure that you know you know the reason behind it. Um, so we wanted to ask you, what is the the best simple holiday celebration you've been a part of? And Susie just mentioned that one. That's actually a, a, a really good one. That's a good idea. If people are looking for something to do to implement this this season would be um, making something. The best gift ever is something that's edible mm-hmm. because it's not 
something that's going to sit around. It's not something, something that people feel guilty getting rid of because it was a gift. Right. Or returning kind of or whatever. Yeah. Make, make a pan of cinnamon rolls for Yeah, I would know, make tons because I would make, let me think, probably 15 different pans of cinnamon rolls. And that was kind of our gift to people is Christmas morning breakfast. And I mean, after I made them the first year, everybody's like, so uh, do I need to plan Christmas breakfast or <laughs> are you going to be doing cinnamon rolls again? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I kind of had to keep doing that because everybody loved it, which is nice because then it's one thing for everybody. It's it's doing something I love to do and something that I'm good at. So mm. and it was great. Everybody loved it. I did it for your family. I did it for my family. Everybody thought it was fantastic. Yep. Um. So our questions for you then are, what's the best the best simple holiday celebration you've been a part of? Um, and have you received a, a meaningful, uh, simple gift that you love? And do you have any advice for ways that uh, others can simplify the holidays? So those are our questions for you this week. Please reply in the comments. You can go over to cultivatesimple.com or chiotsrun.com. Uh, and over in the right-hand sidebar, there is uh, a link up at the top of the sidebar that you can either click on this week's episode, if it's still episode 50, or if you're listening to this later on, there's a link there to see the whole list of episodes that we've had, um, and you can make a comment in the show notes, and then hopefully people can go there and get some great ideas, like your your cinnamon roll idea. Mm -hmm. Um, You also did uh, uh, caramel corn. I did caramel corn for all the people at the post office and the yeah. bank and the library, which they also also request. Yeah, and I also took it to years. the to the neighbors. Uh, I would take it. Yeah. It's a great way. That's to me. That's one of my favorite things. The mm-hmm. holidays. It's a good is, way about building community. And, yeah. Yeah. The one year we decided I'm going to take caramel corn to the neighbors for Christmas, and it kind of became a thing that you know they started sort of sending us Christmas cards afterwards and it was a a great way to get to know the neighbors. So, uh, so hopefully that gives you a few ideas on ways to simplify your holidays and to be a little bit more mindful this year. Uh, but if you're going to make these, you, you know, if you're going to do homemade gifts and those types of things, now is the time to do it. Um, so are you going to be making any handmade, you're going to be welding up some gifts? Yeah. I'm going to weld you. I'm going to weld you a couple, uh, tractor treads together. I asked him if he was going to be making me those garden art things, frogs out of <laughs> bolts and stuff. <laughs> bolts. <laughs> I could do that. Things, oh right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that What's I can do it. What's the best handmade but... gift you've ever gotten? Oh, that's a good question. You remember? I don't know. My scarf was a pretty good one, but you just said that. That's why I'm reminded of mm-hmm. it. I'm trying to think of which ones I've gotten. I don't really make you much stuff. Oh, my nieces and nephews made me garden uh, stepping stones that are really neat. Oh, yeah. I like those a lot. Yep. I put. I did, actually didn't put them out this year, but I put them out every year, you know, and then I pick them up and put them in the garage during the winter, but I wasn't sure where to put them this year. I didn't really have them. I don't have any foundation gardens here, so I yeah. didn't really have somewhere to put them. Maybe next year I'll put them in my little potager right at the beginning. I, was, I really I, like those. I actually thought of something to make you today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I can't tell you what it is, obviously. Uh, oh, why not? Well, I think because I'm going to make you cinnamon rolls for Christmas I, breakfast. I will appreciate that. You don't need to get me anything else. Just make me cinnamon rolls. I told Brian, you know what I want for Christmas? 
I don't want any gifts. I have a few chores I would need done or a few like to-dos that I'd like checked off the list for Christmas. That's all I want. What are those? New faucet in the kitchen. We have the faucet. Just needs installed. It just needs installed, you know, and we have some light fixtures in the kitchen that our floor has sent that need to come down because they drive me nuts and they kind of give me headache. You know, I'm super sensitive to fluorescent lights, so I don't turn them on, but there's really no lighting hardly in the kitchen um, except for a sconce that I hung up above the sink that's really, really jerry-rigged and kind of, <laughs> kind hanging, of, hanging by a nail, literally. It's just the craziest little thing, but, you know... Uh, it's that or a fluorescent light, and sometimes they still have to turn them on to get enough light. So some lights in the kitchen would be great, or the light switch has changed to something I can put a real bulb in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can do that. And a light done so I can see when I open up the freezer. Oh, I, yeah, to I need to put that on the light. I have to remember to carry a flashlight down when I go to get something out of the freezer or I can't see. There's sometimes a light down there. I just there. feel around. There's a light down there. Yeah. You just need to pull the string, but it's on the other side of the no, room. No, but see, it's on the other side of the freezer, though, on the other freezer. So when I open up the door, it blocks the light and I can't oh, see the freezer. Oh, that freezer. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So I just need to do some housework this, this winter I've for I actually you. thought about, there is a clip light, like a heat lamp down there, but it's it's plugged in somewhere down there, but it's stapled. The cord is stapled to the floor joist. So I actually thought about just prying that up and kind of moving that around and clipping it to the refrigerator. <laughs> but that's how I see into the furnace. Pointing. To put I'll wood see. in. Yeah. Well, you better give me a light or you're not going to be able to see into the <laughs> furnace. <laughs> well, then you're not going to have any heat. <laughs> so we're really going to be in trouble. Uh, um, so that brings us on to the books of the week. And I mentioned at the beginning, Colleen, that uh, gave us a $50 donation, which we really appreciate. Um, she had made a uh, comment last week and we just thought it was kind of kind of comical so we we're going to read that do you want to read it or am i to i can read it she said Con- congratulations to a very fruitful year i enjoy the useful information you both share with all of us my personal library is growing and we need to build bookshelves because of your book of the week list <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny because I always wonder, like, do people really care about these books? Or are they like, eh, fast forward, you know? I mean, I don't know. I love hearing about books from other people because I'm a reader, you know? So it's good to know that people find it useful and informative. And um, I think we're usually pretty honest. I think I give the buy or get from the library or that kind of thing usually. So, But this week... Um, we decided since it was a holiday thing, because books are a great gift, I think. Um, I often will buy g- books for people, things I think that they will enjoy uh, about topics that they like. I gave my brother-in-law a book a couple years ago. No, the last couple years, I give him a book almost every year. And I have two books for him this year as well. Um, absolutely, he loves them. The one, I think, three years ago was the biggest hit because he kind of... Maybe it was not a hit, though, because he kind of sat in the corner and read the book because he was <laughs> so into it, <laughs> which is good because that means he really, really liked it. So so for your picks of the week. Yeah, my picks of the week, uh, and these are books that I'd like to add to my bookshelf or I'd like to see under the tree this year. Um, the New Cider Maker's Handbook. Uh, cause, From Chelsea Green. Yep. Yeah, Chelsea Green Publishing, they just put out a they lot put out of good really books. Really nice books. And they're tomes. Yeah. They're nice, hefty tomes. Lots yeah. of information. You feel like you're getting, they're not cheap. Um, but the nice thing about 
I like about their books too is they're not they're not cheap books and they're mm-hmm. not they're expensive but they're nice books. Well, I just got a book that I really can't read because it's a published by Story Publishing, which I should have checked. I usually check the publisher and some publishers I don't buy from. A friend of mine highly recommended this book and I bought it. Um, and I can't read it because the smell coming off the printing, whatever they used to print it. Which it's printed in China. It's printed in China. I opened up the book and tried, I was reading it for maybe three minutes and my sinuses were draining and burning and my eyes were watering and I just, I was like, oh, maybe it's not this book. So I put it away and then the next day I tried reading it. Same thing. I just can't, can't do it. So Chelsea Green books, great. I do not have that trouble with their books because they're not cheap books moving on so the new cider maker's handbook which is another one of my uh five list things um i'd like to to learn more about that and i've got i do have one book on that already um but you know you can always wow the moon is really bright tonight it's actually reflecting off the garage um sorry an aside, I just looked out the window and saw that. Uh, On the Edge of Nowhere, which just sounds like a really cool story. You actually found this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sounds like a, a really neat nonfiction story. Um, and these are the kind of books I like to have um, to keep in the guest room mm-hmm. here. So sometimes I don't buy a lot of, this is a biography kind of, I don't buy a lot of books like this. I typically get them from the library because it's a book you read once and maybe we're not necessarily going to reread it all the time or use it for reference. But books uh, like this, and then there's Meat Eater you have, and then mm-hmm. I have um, One Man's Meat, which is E.B. White Essays, which is, those kind of books are just great for your guest room, for people, a book that they can pick up and maybe find interesting. It's something that a lot, a wide variety of people would find interesting. So it's kind of a good thing to have around. Mm-hmm. And then the last one uh, is the axe book, which uh, kind of really into axes right now. And <laughs> I just and then I'm gonna get some chain mail. And... <laughs> no, not those types of axes. Um, no, I just I, I really like axes. I think they're they're neat. Uh, I was checking them out when we went to the Common Ground Fair, um, looking around at just the different types of axes and what they're used for and the sort of the background of them. And, um, I think I've talked about on the podcast before that, uh, I have a, I, it's kind of funny that I like axes so much cause I only have one at this point, but that's, that's the problem with liking axes is that you want to get really good quality ones. And of course, and good quality means expensive. Um, most of the time. Uh, so I get, uh, my, my, brand of choice right now which i have a hatchet is uh <laughs> the Gransfords burks which is a swedish company but they're all they're still the the heads are handmade mm-hmm. um and they actually the the guy that forges them imprints his initials into the back of the axe and i just love it so we've been i use it to split kindling i use it um outside to clear brush uh we use it for butchering uh, butchering chickens and ducks um so it's just a it's a great little tool and i just i love axes i just think they're really just great amazing implements if you know everything goes 
completely pear-shaped. You can still heat your house as long as you have an axe. Mm -hmm. Um, So the axe book is uh, The Lore and and Science of the Woodcutter. And... Just a sort of a general guide. I've heard Sounds a lot very of manly. I've heard a lot of things about it um, that are that are really good. So, so those are my three. What about you? What are your picks? I've got Out of the Earth by Lewis Bromfield, which he has a ton of books, and er- I don't know why I've never read any of those books before because they all sound like something I would absolutely love, and they all get great reviews. And I have no idea how I've made it this far in my life without reading any of his books. But this one sounds like. One that I would really like, I think, above some of the others. There's another one that sounds really good, but this is the one, for some reason, I am probably going to read first. Farm Anatomy, which is just, you know, sounds like a... I get... My problem with reading is that I typically read a lot of very heavy things. Mm -hmm. So everything I read is... As far as like technical or... Very technical, very informational. I'm always learning about something, studying something, researching something. So I rarely read for pleasure, although Mm -hmm. I enjoy reading that kind of stuff. Every now and then I just can't read anymore because everything I'm reading is just so Mm in-depth. And there's just a lot to it. And there's there's no kind of sitting back and just... Enjoying a book. Reading through a book in the evening, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't do that with some of this stuff because it requires a lot of thinking and processing and that kind of stuff. So this kind of book, this book seems like one that I would just absolutely get through and probably an evening or two and really enjoy it, Um, which I need a book like that right around now. And then there's Hedgerow History, which I love hedgerows and the whole idea behind it and reading about it and seeing pictures about it. And this is one of the hedgerow books that I would really like to get. And there are a couple others, um, but this is probably one of the first ones that I would buy. So there you go. There's the books of the week. And the books of the week and the books in the sidebar under reading and watching um, are a great way to support the podcast. If you click on one of those, it takes you to Amazon, uh, but there's a little affiliate code at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you purchase anything within, I believe, the next 24 hours, uh, we get a few uh, cents from that purchase, and that helps to support the podcast and the blog, the hosting costs, and those types of things, as well as your donations. Um, as we mentioned, Colleen gave a $50 donation, and we really appreciate that. We also have uh, a few people that are on a monthly subscription that give $5 or $10 a month, um, and we appreciate those as well. And after 50 episodes, hey, is it worth a buck an episode? <laughs> you know, have you gotten that much information out, that many ideas? Um, if so, we believe in value for value, and if you're getting value out of this, then why not give a little bit back? So that's the episode for this week. Um, we hope you enjoyed it, and we hope that you'll you'll enjoy a little bit simpler holidays this season. You know that, and and it's not something necessarily that you need to do cold turkey either. You know, something that you can start to implement changes and and make small changes uh, over the next several years. But it will it'll start to simplify your holidays and and start to simplify your life a little bit more. So until next week, we're going to leave you with a little holiday cheer, one of our favorite Christmas songs.
tell you she's in town Here comes Susie Snowflake Soon you will hear her say Come out everyone and play with me I haven't long to stay If you want to make a snowman I'll help you make one, one, two, three If you want to take a sleigh ride The ride's on me tumbling down bringing joy to every girl and boy Susie's come to town Come to town. 